Let's get it. Welcome back into the NFL with AJL, ladies and gentlemen. Episode 7, we are live on a Friday night, 7 p.m. Eastern time, wherever you're watching at Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter. Please be sure to like the stream. If you're on YouTube, please subscribe to it. Hit the bell. You'll never miss a post. Hope everyone's having a great Friday as we head into the weekend. We are officially in the NFL offseason. Full swing. Of course, you already know the QR code in the top of the screen. If you can scan it, it'll take you to every bit of content we've got. And if you can't, at the NFL with AJL on all social media platforms, check the link in that bio. And it will give you all the content that we've got. Super loaded show tonight. Um, kind of loaded, kind of light. You know, we had to get creative being in the offseason. We've got some, when I say light, you know, a little bit of lighter news. But nonetheless, uh, we got some topics tonight. Talking about Daniel Jones demanding $45 million, which is crazy. We're going to be talking about a lot of quarterbacks tonight. Lamar Jackson paying Joe Burrow, paying Justin Herbert. We know those times are coming. Things I want to see in the NFL offseason. So much coming in Episode 7. Never forget that you can call the show 678-480-8716. Let me know how the video looks. Let me know how the audio sounded. Want to make sure we're being clear for everyone. 678-480-8716. Go ahead and jump in to the show. Like I said, I'm nice. I don't bite. I don't want to hurt anybody. I just want to have a good conversation about whatever we got on the lineup tonight. And if it's something that we're not talking about, go ahead and let me know in the comments. DM me on social, whatever the case may be. Lamar Jackson is in the headlines. Of course, the franchise tag window has now opened up. And apparently they are still that $100 million apart, like we talked about, I believe, on the last show uh, with Lamar Jackson on that contract, um, which is still crazy to me. You know, I, I believe they they should pay him, but they are justified in not doing so. And, and we talked about that on the last episode, if, if you were here for it. Um, you know, but you've just, you, you've got the Ravens here. And... People are expecting the franchise tag, um, which would pay Lamar a, a, a good amount for sure. Uh, is it what he's worth? Not going to speculate that. But with all of this up in the air now, we have to ask the question of or start to look into because we know everybody's speculating it. Everybody would call or not everybody, but most people would call for Lamar Jackson, right? So let's talk about a potential new team for Lamar Jackson. Yes, that is Lamar Jackson trade destinations as we walk in. To the 2023 NFL offseason, everything's looking and sounding good, bro. That's always my boy right there. That's always my dude right there. The beginnings sometimes sound a little fuzzy when we get into the show, uh, and I'm actually running a new software with the um, with the mic right now. Also, want to do this just to make sure I'm not blurry. It's just sometimes the video acts up, man. You gotta you gotta play the game, you know. Just like in the NFL, you just gotta do it. But all right, let's get into it. So the very first trade destination for me. Um, well, for, first I want to say. There wasn't really a whole lot of, uh, you know, like extravagant amount of teams that I felt like truly made sense, you know, whether it was cap space, whether it was the roster, whether it just was how the team was at the time, the situation that they're in. Lamar Jackson is definitely enough of a playmaker and enough of a person to take you over the top. I feel like he is going to come back healthy. We've seen what he's been able to do. He's dealt with a lot of injuries on the team, and he just hasn't dealt with a whole lot of stability with the roster in the last couple of years, including himself. So there's a lot of questions around it, but I still firmly believe Lamar Jackson could take a team to the Super Bowl and win it. He just has to be in the right situation. I've only got four teams here that I genuinely believe Lamar Jackson would be a true addition to. And it's not that, oh, year one, year two, immediately they're running to the Super Bowl. But I could say in year one or year two, we're talking about a title game um, and maybe getting a Super Bowl appearance, not a win. 
But nonetheless, Lamar Jackson would be a good addition here. I'm actually going to pop these headphones out because I did not want them um, here. So give me a second. Let me know if everything still sounds good, though. Um, I can still read y'all's chats. I'm just I'm always tired of messing with them. I see it every time I'm editing. I'm like, geez, I'm literally always touching those headphones. So first team here is going to be the Washington Commanders. I know that might be a shock, but just hear me out. And all these teams that are on here, again, it's only four. First one is going to be the Washington Commanders, and they have a defense. We know the defense they have. You look over the two of the last three years in Washington that they've had a defense that they're ranking. I don't know the exact numbers. I know we talked about them on the last show, but I know they're top 10, top 12 in yards and points. So that's very beneficial. Lamar Jackson is used to having a great defense. And all four of these teams that we're going to get to here do have a great defense, and it's going to help Lamar Jackson take some of that pressure off him. We've seen it with quarterbacks. Run game defense makes it easier for everybody. <clears throat> Excuse me. Especially the quarterback. You've got Terry McLaurin, of course, who has been a monster ever since he's come into the league. That's a target for Lamar Jackson. You've also got Jahan Dotson, who they just picked up in the draft as well. That would be another target for him. Um, you've got, and I think it's Antonio Gibson that's in the backfield, if I'm not mistaken. He's clearly a two-way type of guy, kind of like a CMC, Alvin Kamara Light, you know, can really play in the, in the run game, but also the passing game as well. And I know what's going to really hold a lot of people off of that, and even me as well, is Lamar Jackson you know, going to a team that's or, or a franchise that's not necessarily ran. We're actually going to get into it a little later in the show about how there's going to be some incoming bids more than likely finally, <coughs> excuse me, in this NFL offseason to where it's going to be looking like the Washington Commanders can be sold. Um, so, you know, going over to that instability, kind of wondering if that would be good for him. You know, just Baltimore is very well ran. You don't know if that would be like a good culture fit per se. Um, but I do feel like there is maybe some turnaround coming. And I know I said in the last video, there's really only a couple of good takeaways and it's really that defense and they have pieces on the roster, but they don't have the quarterback. There's really not any consistency, especially with the offense in an offensive league. So adding Lamar would definitely help. <clears throat> Man. <coughs> Excuse me. All right. Number two team. Great fit for any quarterback in the league. We know this. It is the San Francisco 49ers, and this is a super loaded roster. We know about Debo Samuel. We know about Brandon Ayuk. We know about Christian McCaffrey. We know about the great offensive line that's over there. We also know about the literal best defense in the NFL. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. Damn. We know about the best defense in the NFL that was ran by Robert Sala at one time. Now was then ran by D'Amico Ryans, who both of those guys going on to be head coaches. Um, so clearly they know how to scout those types of people. They're going to be bringing in, I know, another good defensive coordinator. We've seen the Niners be defensively consistent. Again, something else normal for Lamar Jackson. Two more targets in Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey. I didn't even mention George Kittle, which is crazy. The more you look into this roster... Again, we know San Francisco is a very, very great landing spot for any quarterback, and Lamar Jackson, I believe, would be able to turn it up here. And the reason, again, there's only four of these teams is like you, you feel like you could plug and play Lamar into anything, but realistically, his game is so unique and so special to where you can't ask him to throw, you know, like I feel like an average NFL quarterback of maybe – I don't know, 28 to 35 times a game. Like he can do that, but it might not be the greatest showing, not saying he's going to play bad, but his strengths are clearly in the athleticism, in the deception, when you're running out of the wildcat, when you're running the options, when you've got the full backfields. Um, so I feel like these teams, compared to the rosters, what we've seen out of them, and still having some targets for Lamar Jackson to throw to, 
their targets are big enough in the secondary to where if Lamar does only get to or have to throw maybe 18 to 22, 25 times a game, those secondary players, or excuse me, those wide receivers are so impactful for him that they're going to make plays. Walking right into the next team, the Dolphins, of course. The defense has started to come around for them, thankfully. Mike McDaniel looks to be solid in the head coaching job. That culture is starting to ramp up, and I know some people out there might not really agree with it because of the Tua situation, but we don't really know what's going to happen with Tua. I know Tua is a great story. I love Tua in college. I was rooting for him hard out of the draft, but I've just seen him in this league. He seems too small. He doesn't throw the greatest football. Yes, he was looking decent you know, with Tyreek Hill and, and, and Jalen Waddle, but against inferior teams. When the competition is there, it's not there for Tua on the field. Getting embarrassed in the national championship, not to kind of throw it way back or go left field, but we've seen Tua crumble in some big games. And Lamar Jackson has did crumble in a big playoff game. But he's also won 74% of his games as a starter, and you can't deny bringing that type of talent in Lamar, that explosiveness in Lamar to the Dolphins with everything that they have. Mike Gesicki as well. They've got a good backfield um, you know, in terms of running back. So Lamar, I believe, also would be a good trade as well. Sounds exactly the same to me. Well, you know what, bro? It is what it is. Just wanted to check back on the chat there. Uh, appreciate it, though, Darby. Like I said, man, you're always looking out for me. And then the last team here that I'm going to say Lamar Jackson could potentially have a landing spot with is going to be the New York Jets. And I know I've talked about Derek Carr going there. I know I've talked about Aaron Rodgers going there. And I really never would have thought, um, not really at, at any point in podcasting, but just talking about sports in the near future, that the New York Jets would really be an ideal spot for people to go to. We know there's Garrett Wilson. We know there's Brees Hall. The defense seriously came around last year. Robert Sala clearly doing his thing as a head coach. We would like to see more offensive trends out of him, but there's no question that they have those pieces on the offense to help with that explosion, to help complement Lamar Jackson. And again, there is, I do believe there is a situation to where Lamar Jackson, as much as I've criticized him for not being able to throw the football or not being able to super air it out, when you can build a body, like perfect example, Brock Purdy, clearly Lamar Jackson is more talented than Brock Purdy, but you put Brock Purdy in a special situation with the Niners where he only has to do certain things and he does those small things well, but Lamar Jackson has a much bigger skill set so you can ask more of him but still not have to have it to where he's got to throw the ball 30, 35, 40 times a game. And I'm not saying that's ever been an aspect of Lamar's game, but again, the Commanders, the Niners, the Dolphins, and the Jets, all of these teams are defensively pretty solid. All of these teams have weapons on the offensive side of the ball, really have playmakers on both sides of the football. Um, and for the most part, are trending upwards. Like I said, it's not too sexy with the Commanders or the Jets, but there is some upward tick here. Um, so again, Lamar Jackson potentially going to these spots, I, I think would be solid. I don't want to see it happen. I would love to see Lamar be able to work it out in Baltimore. Um, I love Lamar Jackson. I really do. I'd, I'd love to get his jersey one day. Um, I'm, I'm kind of skeptical about the whole jersey thing, but we'll we'll get get into that another time. But those, yes, would be the trade destinations for Lamar Jackson for me. Appreciate everybody tuning in tonight. Again, this is the NFL with AJL episode seven at the NFL with AJL on all social media platforms. Great show rolling on tonight. We're about mm, 11 minutes in. Not too bad through the first topic. All right, let's get into something now. To where these are things I would like to see happen this NFL offseason. And I almost wanted to call this topic or this segment, 
I guess like bold predictions for the NFL offseason. Um, well, that, that yeah, that's that's really the only other the only other name that I was thinking of for it. But nonetheless, pretty self-explanatory things I like to see this NFL offseason, whether it's player trades, whether it's hirings, whether it's draft moves, whatever the case may be. Y'all let me know. Get in the comments. What would you like to see happen in the NFL offseason? Leave a review, uh, excuse me, leave a review wherever you've got your podcasts at, uh, wherever you're at on social media. If you're live with us tonight. So number one. Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay and goes to either the Jets, the Dolphins, or the Niners, teams that I obviously just named for Lamar Jackson as well. Clearly, if you were listening before, you know that I think Lamar Jackson would be a great fit with those three teams because of the defense, because of the fact that they've got playmakers on both sides of the football. The off is looking good as well. It seems like they're ticking upwards, clearly with the Dolphins and the Niners, and the Jets are making those trends as well. Dolphins and the Niners are really already there. But Aaron Rodgers especially, I'm not going to too much get into the debate of what I take a 39-year-old Aaron Rodgers over a very young, early 20s Lamar Jackson um, because they both have their advantages and they both have their disadvantages. But nonetheless, both of those guys would fit with these three, and I'm going to add Aaron Rodgers into wanting to leave Green Bay. Excuse me, I want to see him leave Green Bay. He'll go either to the Jets, the Dolphins, or the Niners. I know he wrote out the Niners. I think the Dolphins will personally be the best move for him just because of how crazy the offense is and what I really think Mike McDaniel could do with him. But the Jets have a great defense as well, and that would really benefit Aaron Rodgers. So any of the three teams would be great. Another one here is I would love to see DeAndre Hopkins go to either the Bills, the Ravens, or the Jags. I had the Chiefs on here as well. Um, and, and you could include them if you like, but the Chiefs are just Patrick Mahomes. I feel like supplements for so much. Andy Reid supplements for so much. Travis Kelsey really feels like sometimes two receivers at once. The way he can ways he can just get you know uh, scripted up in these plays to be wide open and and whatnot. But the reason I say the Bills first, the Bills have been a team for a couple years, and it's kind of like how I felt. And and this is not a direct comparison, so listen to this whole statement before y'all freak out in the comments, wherever it's on YouTube, live, whatever the case may be. I know y'all like to go crazy sometimes with what I say, and it's like, did you listen to the whole take? Did you get through the whole video? Now, the first reason I say the Bills, I kind of, you know, when I see when I've seen these teams over the last couple of seasons, like the Colts or the Cardinals, and I feel like they've got some great talent but they're just a move or two away. And with both of those guys, it was specifically like Cardinals, it was head coach. Colts, it was really quarterback. Um, and I feel like the Bills are, you know, now a couple years later, we've seen how great offensively they've got. And it's like, okay, now where's that move to get you over the hump? We've seen you in an AFC title game. We want to see you do more. <clears throat> or excuse me, not an AFC title game, but we want to see you do more. Um, you know, we we want to see the Bills take that leap. I personally would love to see the Bills win the Super Bowl. I think Josh Allen is great. It'll be great for the league. He's got fans. I mean, the city's crazy. They deserve it. They've come a long way. And especially how Josh Allen was such a project early on. Stefan Diggs is awesome. Uh, Dawson Knox is solid. Gabe Davis, Isaiah McKenzie, those are solid dudes. But I feel like the NFL now, you look at the Eagles, Devontae Smith, and um, you know, AJ Brown, you look at the Vikings, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen's kind of falling off some, but then they went and picked up, I believe TJ Hawkinson was pretty solid. You look at the Dolphins with Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Um, just getting those two real solid receivers would be great. Um, and I feel like that's an element that they really need there for the Bills. Also, D Hop to the Ravens would be very solid. If Lamar Jackson stays there, getting him a great number one receiver, we know the type of guy DeAndre Hopkins is. Um, and, and I just really feel like Lamar would really use him 
as a number one uh, as a number one receiver very well, just like Kyler did. And then we look at the Jags. I know that's probably like, wow, a, a big player like DeAndre Hopkins to the Jacksonville Jaguars. But Trevor Lawrence has really taken that leap more than I uh, taken a leap really more than I thought he would in his second year. But it's not a surprise. We know the type of prospect he was coming out. Um, so giving him a big receiver, you know, he already worked with not scraps, but, you know, kind of C plus to B, maybe B minus guys over there in Jacksonville. Calvin Ridley's coming back. D hop there would be a major move. And of course, like I said, with the Chiefs, Mahomes to, to DeAndre Hopkins, need I say more? Um, another thing, and I've said this before, I actually said it in the first episode that I'd like to see happen this offseason. The Saints move on from Michael Thomas and draft a quarterback. We know Michael Thomas has played 10 games over the last three years. I'd love to get some value from him. I'd love to maybe use the value we get from him to get a quarterback, whether it is, you know, the the guys that are in the draft, I know that they all have their strengths and their weaknesses, but whether it would be a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson or potentially a Bryce Young or a CJ Stroud or call me crazy with a Hendon Hooker or some of y'all are freaking out on me about Stetson Bennett, but I really don't think y'all understand the transformation that Bennett had in the back-to-back -back championship years. I'm not going to break down those guys, but we'll get into the draft as the time goes. If you've been looking into the quarterbacks, you understand that this class is, is pretty solid. So the Saints getting a quarterback, I don't feel like we're completely far gone. I know we're in cap hell, and, and we're starting to improve that every day, but we still got Olave. We still got Kamara. Um, you know, we're, we're not completely gone yet. I know it sucks with Dennis Allen. We wanted to see other guys, you know, happen. Um, or other guys move around in the coordinator positions, but it is what it is. Getting a quarterback would help things out, though. Number four, Lamar Jackson works out a deal with the Baltimore Ravens. Like I mentioned earlier, I like Lamar a lot. I think he's done great things in Baltimore. I think he could take Baltimore to the Super Bowl and win it with them. They just need to get healthy and get him some players, getting a Dodre Hopkins in there, um, getting some pass rushers in there, helping out that offensive line. Like I'm not saying there's gaping holes. Of course, there are weaknesses with this team, but supplementing it, including bringing Lamar Jackson, getting a you know a free agent piece or two or just a big signing in that offseason would be major for Baltimore. The 49ers make a big move at quarterback to get over the hump. 49ers have been a team for a while. We like Jimmy Garoppolo, or we have respect for Jimmy Garoppolo at least. You know, Trey Lance looked exciting, but we really don't know. Brock Purdy was Mr. Irrelevant for a reason, and it's just so hard to seriously include the Niners in – um, you know, it's, it's just so hard to seriously include the Niners in these conversations when it's like, yes, there is Kyle Shanahan. There is a great defense. There are great players. There is Debo. There is CMC. But like where, where, where's the quarterback? Where is the franchise quarterback? You can't win a Super Bowl in today's NFL with an offensive league like it is without a quarterback. Um, so the 49ers making a big move at quarterback to get over the hump. I think the D-line is fine. The O-line is fine. The defense, best in the league. The offense loaded. Like, they are probably the most complete roster in the NFL next to, you know, Philadelphia outside of the quarterback. It's been a question mark. Jimmy G's gotten them to two NFC title games and a Super Bowl. Um, you know, clearly wasn't able to do enough, whether you blame him or not, to win the Super Bowl in either occasion or to get to a second one. I have respect for him, but... I know Niner fans want to see more. I want to see more, and I'm not even a Niner fan because when I see these teams on the verge, I'm like, damn, they're just they're so close. Darby, we watched it with the Saints for four years, man. It's like Breeze was great, and the receivers were there, but the defense was letting us down, and then it was like the next year. Then we had a little bit of an injury, and then we didn't have a number two receiver outside of Michael Thomas, so it was just like you were – like the goal was he – and you were just just inching up but couldn't get that last move to get to the top and and i really feel like the niners are in the situation yeah we're going to get into bobby wagner west for sure stick around 
Um, really shocked that actually Bobby Wagner was let go. I almost didn't put that in the lineup, but yeah, highest graded linebacker by PFF. Uh, mutually agrees to part ways with the Rams. Don't think anyone is going to bite on Michael Thomas. He's such a mystery now. Yeah, that's true. I've seen some reports of the freaking Bears, bro. I've seen reports of the Patriots. Now, these are obviously, you know, articles I'm reading talking about, like, you know, bold moves for the offseason or hot takes. But, you know, people are talking about just paying Michael Thomas 10, you know, 12 million a year, which might suck. But like MT knows he's not going to get that 20 to 25 a year. God, I think Michael Thomas, what did he sign? Four years, $100 million? I'm sure you'll fact check that for me, Darby. But yeah, he's, he's not going to get that type of bag anymore. Next thing I want to see here happen in the NFL offseason is the Bengals get a healthy and a deep offensive line so they can get back to that Super Bowl. Joe Burrow, uh, clearly a great player. He's going to get the bag. We're going to be talking about him getting the bag in the next segment. Joe Burrow, though, um, he's got to be protected. You know, we've seen him in back-to-back years the first year third most sack quarterback in the league, went to the Super Bowl, so kind of erased excuses for everybody. And then we have him last year. They got a little better. I think they were about middle of the pack, maybe 10th to 12th in, you know, in, in terms of offensive line giving up sacks. Um, but, like, they have Joe Mixon. They have Jamar Chase. They have T. Higgins. Like, the defense bends, but it doesn't break. Getting that O-line right, would be absolutely major for the Bengals. And I'm 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 not becoming a Bengals fan, but you can't not root for Joe Burrow. Um, him and Jamar Chase are so exciting to watch. The energy is great. Cincinnati is slowly becoming that new favorite team. And they're in those conversations, like we talked about with the Chiefs, with the Bills, now with the Eagles stepping in. So getting an O-line could really get them over the top. The Bears give Justin Fields a chance and get him some help because they need an offensive line. They need wide receivers. They need defense. I see some people's mock drafts, and I don't know what – I need to look deeper, but I don't know if the mock drafts where I'm seeing Will Anderson go number one overall or just a number one overall defensive pick. Because to me, if you're going defensive pick number one overall, Justin Fields is out the door. I'm not saying that's what they should do, but if you're going to keep Justin Fields in the house and not get him some offense with the number one overall pick, which is why it's like, okay – the only offense worth the number one overall pick is the quarterback. So this is why I think they trade down. Of course, we got mock drafts coming. That'll be probably a month or so down the road. Um, those are so crazy to me. I can't believe people do like 20 of them. Darby, I know you said you probably did like 200 mock drafts one time <laughs> um, for your for your football league, for, for fantasy. But yes, the Bears need to give uh, Justin Fields more time. They need to get him some help. Video is on the channel for why Justin Fields needs more time with the Chicago Bears. Get him an O-line. Get him a consistent head coach. He's had two head coaches in two years, and the last one got him the number one overall pick. Go figure. Um, you know, you got to get him a weapon. Whatever it is, you need to help Justin Fields. He is very talented. You look at Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts' first two years, and now look at Justin Fields' first two years. It's all lining up. We had question about Hurts and Allen. Look what they are now. Look what they're doing now. I'm not saying Justin Fields is going to be them, but you give him a Stephon Diggs type of player, an A.J. Brown type of player, you give him an offensive line like Josh Allen's been able to have, like Jalen Hurts just stood behind for the last couple of years, even when Jalen Hurts wasn't playing at that MVP level, still had that great offensive line. Justin Fields needs that. They have to give him a chance out in Chicago. Just two more here before we roll out of this segment. The Jaguars get Trevor Lawrence a big offensive weapon. Trevor Lawrence, again, took a big step this last, off, or this last season, uh, more than I thought he would, but it's not a surprise. We know he's got Calvin Ridley coming back. Christian Kirk didn't look too bad. I believe Zay Jones is out there, if I'm not mistaken. So if they went and got a DeAndre Hopkins, like I mentioned earlier, if they potentially went and signed a Nodell Beckham Jr., maybe a Michael Thomas, um, just a big offensive weapon for him, or at least something to 
just kind of solidify that Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, because like, yes, it is a, it is a, I'll say, I'll say it's a good one, two combo because Ridley is borderline elite to me when he's obviously healthy. And when he's out there playing, we saw him with Atlanta. Um, and then Christian Kirk is a solid two, you know, some would say he's a, some would say he's a borderline three. So that's why I keep them at good. Um, but yes, getting, getting a weapon for Trevor Lawrence would be major. I would love to see that. And, and Evan Ingram was awesome with them this year. I thought he had a good year. A lot of people were talking bad about him, but I knew he was an athlete. He's quick. He can play. Um, and he fit in well with the Jags. Very last thing here on things I'd like to see this NFL offseason. The Buffalo Bills make a move at running back to get over the hump. And as much as I hate to say this, whether it's a Saquon Barkley type of move, whether it's an Alvin Kamara type of move, whether like some people think, like I've heard some people saying Mixon might be heading out of town with the Bengals. Like you need, in my opinion, that type of player. Josh Allen has a lot of pressure on him. I was shocked today when I actually tapped back into his numbers and realized he threw 38 touchdowns the year before last. He threw 25 touchdowns this year after throwing 31 touchdowns the year before of when he threw 38. And that was when he took the big leap when Josh Allen had kind of arrived. Um, and he just, he needs relief. James Cook, love him out of Georgia. I was so happy when the Bills drafted him. Devin Singletary, solid guy. Like, they have a very solid running back room. Devin Singletary is a solid guy. James Cook, we've seen, is a solid guy. Naeem Hines, you might not want to call him solid, but he's a piece that can be used, and he can be effective when called upon in the right situations. But they need a guy that's really going to take them over the top. Again, whether that's a Saquon, whether that's an AK, whether that's a Joe Mixon, you have to make a splash. You have to. And I know all three of those teams might want to keep those running backs, but you got to make calls because the Chiefs are getting better. Um, you know, the 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 Bengals are getting better. The AFC is improving. Like I think Russell Wilson and the Broncos and Sean Payton, people are saying that they might not make the playoffs. I think they're going to return to a pretty nice form. Uh, we got some Broncos new coming later in the show as well, but those are the things that I would like to see happen this NFL offseason. Aaron Rodgers leaves Green Bay. DeAndre Hopkins goes to some awesome teams. The Saints move on from Michael Thomas and draft a quarterback. Lamar Jackson works out a deal at the Ravens. The Niners make a big move at quarterback so they can get over the hump. The Bengals will get healthy and deep at offensive line so they can get back to the Super Bowl. The Bears give Justin Fields help and more time. Jaguars get Trevor Lawrence a big offensive weapon, and the Bills make a splash move at running back to get over the hump as well. Ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate everyone tuning into the show tonight. We are 26 minutes in. They talking about Henry to the Bills. Whoa. I don't know if I I mean it would be good. Like let's let's not kid ourselves. I'm not going to outthink the room. It would be good, no question about that. Um but but it's just like I feel like they need a passing back. Like Tennessee was really only explosive for a season or two with Derrick Henry, like in the backfield. And most of and most of the time after that, when they really depended on it, was putting the ball in Derrick Henry's belly. And I'm not saying Henry can't contribute in the passing game, but I feel like they would get more for their money and it would just be the scheme better with a two-way back, like a Mixon, like a Saquon, like an AK. Um, I'm probably gonna get so freaking pissed if AK goes to the Bills and, and Darby's gonna be on my back about it and I'm going to have to like troll myself and hang up the AK jersey right here. I, I will never burn it. I'll never do that. I love Camara. Um, but Derrick Henry to the Bills would be wild. There's rumors of 
the Titans moving on from Ryan Tannehill as well. Ladies and gentlemen, never forget that you can call the show 678-480-8716. Debate with me, Adam Joseph Lewis, on the NFL with AJL Live. All friendly debates, all positivity. Not here to tear you down. I'm here to have an awesome conversation about the NFL. And as always, never forget, we are sponsored by Buy and Sell with AJL, ladies and gentlemen. For all of your worldwide professional real estate needs, make sure to get at Buy and Sell with AJL. Their handle is in the description wherever you're watching live, whenever I post. Well, no, not whenever I post. I, I put it out there. Let's rewind. Yes, where are you looking to buy a dream home, whether you're looking to sell a house and get some equity or you want to add to your retirement, get that passive income in a rental portfolio, make sure to contact them, again, for your worldwide real estate needs. They have an exclusive newsletter every month that they, that they send out for free. You can sign up for it. Make sure to hit them up. Drop your email. It is the true media headlines or, it, excuse me, it's the true data about the real estate um, industry and not the daunting media headlines. All right. Let's get into a segment that I've been waiting to do for a couple years now that I've been podcasting just, you know, over my multiple ventures. And I knew when these guys got drafted that it was going to be major and I knew the time was going to come. And now we are here to talk about, to rank, to estimate the paydays that we're about to witness with these NFL quarterbacks coming up. Jalen Hurts is due for a payday. Lamar Jackson is due for a payday. Justin Herbert is due for a payday. Joe Burrow and Daniel Jones, which we'll get into a little later. That the, the back end of the show has the lighter news. But yes, Daniel Jones also is looking for an insane payday. So let's get right into it. At the top, the boy that I love so much, Jalen Hurts. I believe, I said it in my video, there were talks about them paying Jalen 50. I didn't look and see if Jalen was actually asking for that 50. Some people are saying he might get 55, which I think would be crazy because the only two making that much right now are Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Russell at 49, Aaron Rodgers at just a little over 50. Um, I personally believe that Jalen Hurts will take a hometown discount. Again, we've seen it with the leadership. We know the type of guy he is. He's very humble, and, and it's just it's just kind of common sense. The eye test doesn't lie to you, right? You hear it when he's at the podium. You see the way he leads himself, and he leads the team on the field. I personally believe, or excuse me, I think slash I would pay Jalen Hurts 40 to $45 million. And I know y'all are going to think that's crazy, but I believe you could have a conversation with him to where he would take that money. But I realistically think what's going to happen is Jalen Hurts will get paid a $50 million contract. I believe that is kind of going to become the standard now for some of the guys that we're going to get into here. So personally, I could see it slash I would pay Jalen Hurts 40 to $45 million because he for sure deserves it. But either the market's calling for 50 hell. And the way Philadelphia is, they love their athletes so much. They might pay him 52 annually a year, 53 and a half annually a year. We don't know. Next quarterback, Joe Burrow. I firmly believe, and I, me, myself, I would pay Joe Burrow $50 million a year back-to-back -back AFC title games. Uh, just the way he's played overall behind two bad offensive lines in a row, getting hurt his uh, his rookie year. Um, Joe Burrow continues to impress me because I said, you know, when he came out of the draft that I just thought he was that quarterback on that super-loaded team in LSU to where nothing, you know, was really going to stop him. Totally proved me wrong. He's doing big things in the NFL uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals, so I couldn't be prouder of him. I believe that he's going to get paid $50 million as well. I would pay it to him. He's going to get it paid to him. 
I say Joe Burrow probably signs a $300 million contract. I'm sure he's going to be a Bengal for life, but I could see six years, $300 million. Um, not going to get too crazy into guaranteed money, but yes. Um, now, Lamar Jackson. I would pay Lamar Jackson $50 million a year. I would, because we see how Lamar Jackson has just affected things when he's on the field. I know y'all aren't going to agree with me because he hasn't finished the last two seasons, and maybe I should peel back on that 50 a year, but I would comfortably give him that money because I've seen what he is when he's healthy. He's he's 174% of his games. We know that when he's on the field, he just completely turns a defensive scheme upside down and just doesn't make it easy for opposing teams. Uh, the way you can play so originally with Lamar Jackson is great. Um, so I would pay him 50 a year because I've seen what he's able to do, and I believe he will get a $50 million a year contract as well. Again, I could see Lamar also getting, maybe if the Ravens and him are still having a discrepancy on guaranteed money, the contract becomes a little shorter to maybe to where it's you know four years, $200 million. I could see a six- to seven-year deal where he's getting paid about 50 annually. Um, and then as far as Jalen Hurts, I could see Jalen Hurts also probably locking up a six to seven year deal as well, getting 50 million a year. Um, so a lot of $300 million contracts I feel like are coming forward in the NFL this year. Justin Herbert, I've seen what he's capable of. I would pay him $50 million a year as well. And I know y'all are probably like, man, you're just handing out 50 mil to everyone. But I know that's where the market's going. If Aaron Rodgers at his old age was getting it, all of these other quarterbacks, their agents have been talking. Um, we know that this quarterback market is getting driven up. We've seen the guaranteed money. We've seen the short amounts of uh, short amounts of time with large sums of money. Aaron Rodgers, four years, $200 million. Like It just keeps creeping up every year. And we've seen it year over year, you know, Decade over decade, essentially, these quarterbacks continue to get paid more and more. Justin Herbert's shown he's got a great arm. He's accurate. Um, he can read a defense well. You know, I know he's not winning the amount of games that people want him to, but he's clearly a gamer. I'm not going to let, you know, some of these antics that people like to throw out there fool me from the eye test. I see what Justin Herbert's able to do. He's dealt with a lot of injuries as well. He hasn't necessarily dealt with the best coaching positions as well. So that's why I have slack for. Justin Fields needing more time for Justin Herbert needing more time. Both of my guys, Justin, in here. Um, I would pay Herbert $50 million a year. I believe he's going to get a $50 million a year contract as well. More than likely on about a six to a seven-year deal. Also, I could see a lot of these being the same, but I wanted to go ahead and bring this up, get into this conversation because I know it's going to unfold, and, and it's really going to happen a lot faster than we believe. Wanted to check back in on the chat over here. You look great. Thank you. They're talking about Henry to the Bills. Uh, AJ said he's going wherever Jalen goes. Absolutely. I don't blame him. Send me off wherever he goes. If they don't re-sign him, I ain't coming back. And Daniel Jones is absolutely a clown wanting $45 million a year. I don't want to call him a clown. The clown emoji is so funny to me, though. Like, genuinely, it just it it, it cracks me up, the, the clown emoji. <laughs> like, I don't know why. It's just like it's such a such a savage type thing, I feel like. It's just like like imagining. I, I don't know. It just it. I don't know, man. <laughs> I really don't know. The cloud emojis are crazy to me, though. Um, and then we have Daniel Jones at the very end here talking about estimating the quarterback paydays that are coming up. What I think, or rather, what I would do versus what I think is actually going to happen. The top side pay Daniel Jones is thirty million dollars a year. Uh, if I'm being really honest, I probably wouldn't pay him above 25. But again, the market is driving up. 
Um, he's in New York, big media town. Brian Dable just won coach of the year. We saw what Brian Dable brought out of Daniel Jones, which was very, very impressive. And that solely won him that coach of the year. Of course, they got a playoff win, made it to the playoffs and everything. Um, but the top salary paid Daniel Jones is $30 million a year. I think they're going to tag Daniel Jones realistically. And I believe he's going to make around 32.4. It might be 34.2. Um, and there's also the, the, the same expectation potentially as well with Geno Smith, um, so yes, the tops, I would pay Daniel Jones would be 30 million a year, but I think they're going to tag him for about 32 million a year or so. And if I had to rank these guys based off of paydays, or really not even based off of paydays, but just the guys that are due, of course, Burrow is one Hertz is two Herbert is three Lamar is four Daniel Jones is five. And just for kind of a perspective, Mahomes got 450 million over 10 years. Absolutely crazy. Mahomes is one of one. Josh Allen got 258 over six years with 150 guaranteed. Stafford got four years, 160 million. Deshaun Watson got the 230 guaranteed over the five years. Kyler got 230 over five years as well, but with only 160 guaranteed. Russ got the 245 million over five years with the 165 guaranteed. That's the second biggest contract behind Aaron Rodgers. And then, of course, A Rod at one. 150 million over three years, and all of it is guaranteed. So, you know, just kind of a perspective for the contracts we're going to be looking at and how the quarterback market's going to get reset. Um, I think it's crazy. You know, we could really be looking at quarterbacks, I feel like, making as nuts as it sounds, dude. Like, I feel like in five years, we're going to be seeing 60 and $65 million a year for NFL quarterbacks. And it's, it's just going to be crazy. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and get into that, but that's just, that's wild to me. Absolutely wild to me. Um, so there's the paydays that I think we're going to see in this offseason, estimating them coming up. Ladies and gentlemen, get in the chat. Let me know what you think about tonight's show, the NFL with AJL episode seven. If you're able to scan that QR code on the top of the screen, in the top of the screen, it is every bit of social media content, whether you look for podcasts, whether you look for it on social media, on YouTube, any type of content you're looking for. Um, make sure to leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. Please subscribe on YouTube. Ninety nine and a half percent of y'all watching my content on YouTube are not subscribed. I'm sure all the loyal ones here tonight are subscribed. Like the stream. I always mix it up. Like the stream wherever you're at. Please subscribe on YouTube. Go ahead and hit the bell as well. Uh, boom. Go ahead and hit the bell as well so you never miss a post when we go on YouTube, whether it's live, YouTube short, medium form clip. And of course, you can always call the show 678-480-8716 to debate me live. Now, let's get into some Denver Broncos news. We had some news come forward between Russell Wilson. They just hired a defensive coordinator. They just hired Davis Webb, who was Daniel Jones's backup last year to be their quarterback's coach. And now he's going to coach a 34-year-old Russell Wilson for his first ever NFL job. Uh, so pretty interesting in the news that we got here for the Denver Broncos. I want to start out with Russell Wilson, though. I'm not going to entertain this. Uh, well, hell, I guess I am entertaining it since it's in the show. I don't believe that this is actually commandeering, <clears throat> not commandeering, but actually something that's going to be um, brewing or was brewing. So reports leaked that Russell Wilson wanted Pete Carroll fired at the beginning of 2022 in the month of February. But Russell Wilson denied this on Twitter. People were claiming that Russ wanted Pete Carroll fired along with the GM, John Schneider. Both of those guys drafted him and they would hire Sean Payton. And now this is weird because Sean Payton is Russell Wilson's head coach in Denver, uh, which I have high hopes for. I really do. It's, it's going to be kind of heartbreaking and bittersweet to see Sean Payton 
pursing his lips on the sideline, putting up 32 points a game potentially with Russell Wilson and maybe going to an AFC title game. Uh, I'm not saying it's going to be that much, but damn, it just hurts. Hurts. I, I, I gotta, gotta leave it alone. Gotta leave it alone. But, uh, so, so, so in far, excuse me, in terms of that report, um, I, 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 I believe Russ, I really do. Russ actually went on Twitter and he denied it. He said, I look at both of those guys as fathers. Um, both of them drafted me. I really respect what happened or not what happened, but I, I really respect both of those guys. You know, clearly we, we had some good history. We had some rough history. You know, that's why I got out of there. I Russ didn't say all that, but that's basically what this message was saying is that he had a lot of respect for them. Um, and he was like, I, I wouldn't do that. You know, that's, that's not what happened. I believe Russell Wilson. Um, but again, this is just, you know, this is just, and I'm not saying anything, you know, real speculative of the Broncos, but this is just something where like the Broncos were sold last year. And I said it, I said the Broncos were not going to be good last year. They were sold. They had a brand new head coach who was a rookie. They had a brand new quarterback who had kind of fallen off in his Seattle days. A lot of teammates were talking bad about him. Apparently, Broncos teammates were not saying the greatest things as well. So Russell Wilson has been under fire. And I feel like this is just adding to that. I think people are really hypercritical of Russ. I, I don't like have a an issue. Clearly, I'm not his teammate, but I don't have an issue with what's going on with him necessarily. Obviously, his play is not acceptable. And when you watch the tape, you see that Hackett's, you know, putting him in good position and he's just not delivering. Um, so, you know, another report here about Russell Wilson. I'm not going to buy into this, though, but this was some news that came forward for Broncos country. Now, Vance Joseph was hired as the Broncos defensive coordinator, and this guy actually spent the last four seasons as the Cardinals defensive coordinator. So going back to 2019, yes, going back to 2019, 28th in points year after they were 12th year after they were 11th. And then last year they were 31st in terms of yards going back to 2019. They were 32nd in 2019, 13th the year after 11th the year after that. So they had a nice uptick and then fell back down to 21. I believe they had, of course, some injuries there as well. Um, but I just, uh, Vance Joseph also used to coach for the bear or not the bears, the Broncos back in the day, he went 11 and 21 in his two years as coach um, of course, they won the Super Bowl in 15 and 16. So those were the two years afterwards that he was hired and they didn't make the playoffs. Um, you know, and that was really disappointing to see how Peyton Manning was able to play, how they were able to rally it all together for him and get into that Super Bowl ring, uh, that victory so he could ride off into the sunset. So just a defensive coordinator hire in Vance Joseph. I I mean, it's, I, I don't think it's great, to be honest with you. I mean, Sean Payton, I guess, is looking at the 20 and the 21 season, and some people are asking, oh, should we be worried about, you know, how Sean Payton is hiring people or how long it's taking him? I'm, I'm not necessarily saying worry, but I don't I don't think it's a sexy hire. Um, again, Sean clearly knows more than I do. He is in this league. He's a veteran. He's been doing this for a while, but just based off the track record of Vance Joseph, and I'm sure Sean Payton will prove me wrong. Uh, but as far as this Denver Broncos news, I, I wasn't really feeling it as well. And then, like I mentioned, Davis Webb, for the first time, is hired in an NFL job. He is going to be the quarterback's coach for the Denver Broncos. And like I said, he was Daniel Jones's backup with the New York Giants, is now going to be coaching a 34-year-old Russell Wilson, who is definitely going to need some retooling, some reworking with Sean Payton. Sean Payton's already got a big enough task in front of him. And now you're bringing in a, a guy to coach Russell Wilson. This is This is going to be very interesting again. You know, I, I, it just makes me think back to last year. You know, the team was being sold. Um, you know, again, new quarterback, big contract, big haul, Nathaniel Hackett coming over from the Packers, highly acclaimed. So it's just like, what is, 
what, what what was actually going on then? And then I see these hires. It's like, what's the defensive? What's what's with this defensive coordinator? Maybe I'm looking too much into the quarterback hire, but it's just like that guy, that guy out of all people to coach Russell Wilson. You know, uh, it's just just kind of how it how it makes me think there. Um, and then of course, the, just the news about Russell Wilson wanting his former coach fired. Of course, this breaks. And, and let me just kind of think of it retrospect, right? Of course, this breaks shortly after Sean Payton gets hired. I think Sean Payton got hired about three weeks ago, roughly now. Um, so yeah, you know, just just seeing this, it's like more more noise. More news around the Broncos. Not gonna, not gonna necessarily freak out about it though, um, you know, because it is what it is. But it was definitely worthy of being on said podcast that we're on tonight. We are gonna pay quarterbacks. So let's see what did Darby say here. Oh, I pinned the message. Hide messages from the stream. Huh? I didn't mean to pin that. Unpin it. Okay, there we go. We are going to pay quarterbacks so much soon that it prevents having as much talent around them. Yeah, absolutely. No question about that, bro. That's and and that's that's the real unfortunate part, too, is you know, like it's it's just gonna be paid so much. You know, like Jalen Hurts, the 50 million a year. You want to keep a Devontae Smith, you want to keep an AJ Brown, you know, talking about the the contract with Lamar. What are the conversations gonna be like? You know. You, you want to have players around you, right? You want to be able to to really play in this league. Um, and w- with talent around you, we saw what Brady did taking discounts. We saw Mahomes restructure to have a billion-dollar contract, $50 million down, essentially took a year out of his pockets, which I mean, you do what you do to keep people around you. And we, we even clearly saw because of that big contract, I said it, Tyree Kill was going to go before Travis Kelsey because Tyreek is great, but Kelsey was the focal point of that offensive passing game. And that's very special that they're able to do that with a tight end. So I agree with you. We're going to pay quarterbacks so much, and it's going to get absolutely crazy. Ladies and gentlemen, never forget that we are sponsored by Buy and Sell with AJL for all your worldwide professional real estate needs. Whether you need to buy a home, sell a home and get some equity, cash it out, or you are looking to add to your retirement portfolio in terms of a rental property, get you that passive income so you can travel the world, do what you want freely with your family. Be sure to hit up Buy and Sell with AJL, worldwide professional real estate needs. They write a newsletter every month that you can check into to really stay ahead of the daunting media headlines. It's still a good time to buy. It's still a good time to sell. And uh, they've got what you need to be able to succeed in the game of real estate, my friends. Now, again, lighter news on the back end of the show. We've got Jeff Bezos, or excuse me, before I jump the gun, ooh, teaser, <laughs> Jeff Bezos. The Rams and Bobby Wagner have parted ways, and this is just after one season. And with Bobby Wagner parting ways, this was something that uh, was really a shock, for sure. You know, um, Bobby Wagner played great. He was the highest-graded linebacker by Pro Football Focus. Wes, I hope you're still here, because here we go. Hey, girl, you good? My dog always sits next to me on podcast, y'all. It seems like she might be having a little bit of a bad dream. Hey, you good, girl? You good? No bad dreams, okay? Sorry, y'all. We do what we got to do for the kiddos, right? She always wants to stay in here when I'm doing the show. Like, I'll, I'll shut my door um, while she's out there because it seems like she doesn't want to come in. And then I'll, like I said, I'll shut the door and she'll paw to come back in. Um, and she's over there having some bad dreams. Inca. You good? You got to stay tapped into the show. Okay. 
Sorry, Owie. We, we got to make sure the kiddos are good, man. If y'all have got animals, y'all totally understand. Um, that's my child, man. Don't even, y'all don't even play with me. That's my, that's my baby. That's my kiddo. Um, but yes, like we were mentioning, Bobby Wagner and the Rams have parted ways. And this was a shocker. Like I mentioned, highest graded linebacker by pro football focus. He's been really a top three to five linebacker his entire career that he's been in the NFL. Now a solid decade. Of course, those nine years with the Seahawks signing a nice deal with them in the offseason last year in terms of the Rams. But the Rams were about $14 million over the cap. And after they mutually agreed to part ways, I think this saved them about $5 million in salary. Uh, but they do have a $7.5 million dead money charge on there. So that is going to hurt them just a tad bit. If he had remained on the roster, it says here on the fifth day of the 2023 league year, his $7.5 million base salary and $2.5 million roster bonus due in 2024 would have become guaranteed. So it sounds like it would have cost them about another $10 million if they wouldn't have parted ways. And I guess since the down year happened, you know, winning five games after the major Super Bowl hangover, one of the wildest, you know, um, one of the wildest Super Bowl hangovers really, really, excuse me, that we've ever seen. Um, You know, maybe this is a the reason they're just, maybe they think it's a time to not necessarily, you know, tear it down to the studs, but it's, I mean, it's, it's time to let some of these guys go, I guess. And again, it was surprising to me. Uh, 32 years old, you know, joined the Rams after he signed a five-year, $50 million deal with $20 million in guarantees, and that was on March 31, 2022, so not even a full year ago yet. Second-team All-Pro this year, he had 140 tackles, a career-high six sacks, two, intercepts, uh, two interceptions, excuse me, five passes defended, and he started in all 17 games this year. This was the ninth time in Bobby Wagner's career and in the in, excuse me, in the eleven seasons that he's played, that he was named to an All Pro six times on the first team, three times on the second team, um, and, and clearly we know that he's a monster, one of the biggest defensive leaders in Seattle Seahawks history. He led them, I think, in all time tacklers. Yes, he's the all time leading tackler with thirteen hundred and eighty three tackles. We know what Bobby Wagner is, though. Had to give the guy his flowers because he still balled out this year. That was just surprising that the Rams did let go of him. She had a dream that Pete Carmichael was coming back as the Saints OC. <laughs> That's hilarious, Darby. That was good, man. You heard that, Inca? He told you a little joke, girl. She is passed back out. I hate when she has bad dreams. It worries me a lot. But yes, um, and and you know, Bobby Wagner at 32, like he's still very viable. He's not going to get paid a boatload of money because we know that the the almost at the quarterback, we know that the linebacker market uh for um, you know, we, we know the linebacker market for the NFL is not super intense. I, I want to say when Von Miller signed his, it was, a what was it? 60 million over three years. So like 20 million a year, that was a lot. And I mean, Von Miller is a, is a dog. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like he's kind of in the same, you know, realm slash age range of, of Bobby Wagner. Um, so, you know, Bobby Wagner would be able to go to, to quite a few teams out there that need, you know, that need defense and with linebackers. I mean, the, the Niners would welcome him, the Jets, you know, the Dolphins, like we talked about, the Commanders, a, a lot of teams we've talked about in this show. Um, anybody would welcome him in. I know he's not going to ask for a ton of money. I know that was kind of a, a, a big time signing by the Rams for sure. Um, but yeah, this was, you know, this was crazy that that he got cut. But again, Rams, five wins, Super Bowl hangover. Um you know, they're probably just wanting to move off of guys, have a little bit of restructuring to do. So we'll see where Bobby Wagner goes. Maybe we'll get a, a little topic later in the show or later, uh, well, rather later down the line in the show about some Bobby Wagner landing spots. But I don't know if this one is going to 
going to heed too much attention, but it was a shocker nonetheless that Bobby Wagner was cut by, or they mutually parted ways, him and the Rams mutually parted ways. Now, here's something that we are all looking forward to, I'm sure, something that we've been looking forward to for a while now. Jeff Bezos might be buying the Washington Commanders. He has definitely shown interest, and he actually hired the exact same investment firm to examine the possibility of him putting a bid on the Commanders, obviously looking to buy them. This was the same company. Their name is Allen & Company. This is the same people that conducted the sale of the Broncos last year who went for almost a billion more than expected, obviously, to Sam Walton, the heir of Walmart. And then the Carolina Panthers, when they were sold in 2018, they also did that deal as well. Um, obviously, Jeff Bezos being, being worth $119 billion, he would be the biggest bidder in this entire situation. And, uh, you know, by far, no question about it. He's the world's third richest person, according to Forbes. Um, you know, it's still early in the process, no question about that. But knowing that Jeff Bezos is you know, actually exploring this, knowing that he hired the investment firm. It's clearly his interest ticking up more and more as, as the situation goes on. The only other person that's known to be bidding on the commanders right now toward Washington's facility last month, guy named Josh Harris. He grew up in the Washington area. He owns the Sixers as well as the New Jersey Devils. And he also owns a part of the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. So he's got his hands in some big markets. Clearly, the Pittsburgh Steelers, Pittsburgh Steelers, one of the best franchises in NFL history. Any sport in New Jersey is going to be popping. And obviously, we have that with Philadelphia. Uh, well, that's Pennsylvania, excuse me. <laughs> um, and then and then New Jersey as well. So big sports markets nonetheless. So that would be another acquisition to really be able to turn this around with the Washington Commanders. Um, you know, but Dan Snyder and his wife Tanya are now announcing that they have hired Bank of America, a Bank of America Securities as well to see what possible transactions can involve the team. Bezos is going to be moving forward. I, I personally think this would be great. This reminds me of when Steve Ballmer actually bought the Los Angeles Clippers from Donald Sterling. Everybody hated Donald Sterling at the time. Nobody likes Don, uh, Dan Snyder right now. Bezos obviously did amazing things with Amazon. I'm not going to sit here and talk about how great Bezos is because he's worth 119 Bs, and I think that speaks for itself. Not saying he's a, a great person, but clearly he knows how to make money. He knows how to establish a, one of the greatest businesses in the world. So him taking over the commanders, them being in a position to where like they they need some heavy turning around. We know the front office is crap. Everyone was trying to jump on me when I was on um, you know, YouTube talking about how Eric Bieniemy going to the Commanders not really a bright spot outside of the defense. You bring in a new owner, it's going to feel like a fresh start. You know, I I think it would feel really good, perhaps for this team. Um, they got a lot of guys on the on the roster on the offensive and defensive side of the ball that are playmakers. So this would be great, uh, fresh start again. Dan Snyder been hated on for a while. We've seen some of the antics that have happened with memorials, with just handlings of the team. Uh, the allegations against him. So, and we know it needs to be sold. It's been time for a while. And hopefully, this NFL offseason will present that to us. I think it would be pretty sick to have Jeff Bezos own the Washington Commanders. Not that he needs to get any richer, but nonetheless, it is what it is. And to get into the last segment of the show tonight, ladies and gentlemen, Daniel Jones hilariously, reportedly, wants $45 million a year. Let me get a sip of water on this before we really get into it. Daniel Jones 
reportedly wants $45 million a year. (laughs) Well, we know that's not going to happen. That is definitely, without a question, a joke. And I'm not bagging on Daniel Jones, but looking at his career stats, 64% completion, 11,000 yards, 60 touchdowns, 34 interceptions, 85.5% passer rating over four years. His best year may have been his rookie year, 62% completion, (laughs) 3,027 yards, 24 touchdowns, 12 picks, if you want to go by the numbers. But I think we saw the athleticism that Brian Dayball brought out of him this year. Interceptions were the lowest ever, so you're probably going to look at that as his best year. 15 touchdowns, five interceptions, 82, 92. I think that's 92.5% passer rating, um, 3,200 yards, 67.2% completion. Um, you know, again, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and, and rag on Daniel Jones. Brian Dable did something great for him coming over from the Buffalo Bills, uh, being that rookie head coach, winning that offense or that uh, coach of the year award, and just bringing that athleticism out of Daniel Jones because just like the fan that was on the draft screen when they picked Daniel Jones and we were all just like WTF what's really happening here. He played like that up until he got under Brian Dable. So that was what we were expecting. There was a reason they didn't pick up the fifth year option. Like they were, and and now they're going to have to come forward and pay him. So it was kind of double-edged, but he hadn't showed you anything in those three years to where you wanted to pick up that fifth year option. Um, So of course, this is definitely a joke. He was nothing before Brian Dable showed up. Like I mentioned, and more than likely, this is going to be a case where he gets franchise tagged, I think, for about that $34 million roughly, which I, I've been seeing that in reports. I thought the franchise tag was the top five salaries of the league, which I, I know it is that rather, but I believe there might be some more pieces to the equation to truly determine what they get paid when they're on the franchise tag. And let's just call it what it is. I mean, Daniel Jones, he showed us that he had a clunky arm. He's not the best at reading defenses again up until Brian Dayball showed up. He showed us some athleticism overall, um, but really took it to another level once Dable got there. And, you know, he just looked average at most times and and sometimes awful as, as much as I don't like to speak like that about a player, his player, his, his play, excuse me, was not good. So Daniel Jones winning 45 million. That is crazy. And when you look at the quarterbacks that have made 45 million or that are making about 45 million in a league right now, um, Kyler Murray making 46, Deshaun Watson making 46, Patrick Mahomes making 45, Josh Allen making 43. Even to take the bar lower, Matt Stafford and Dak Prescott are both making 40. Kirk Cousins is making 35. Jared Goff is making 33. Um, I'm going to take every quarterback I just named. Of course, I didn't go Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, but everyone I just named on through there, I would take all those guys over Daniel Jones. Like I said earlier in the show, I really wouldn't pay Daniel Jones more than about 20 to 25 million a year, but I know the market is going to call, or I said tops 30 million a year. I know the market is going to call for Daniel Jones to make at least 30 a year just because of how Dable brought it out of him, how much promise is there. It's a lot of potential that I feel like they're going to be paying on, which is fine. It's a lot harder to get a quarterback than it is any other position in this league. So pay him if you feel like he's got it. Um, but yeah, the 45 million a year is just, it's not going to fly. It's clearly not going to be a thing that happens, um, you know, with Daniel Jones, if he does end up for some reason getting around 40, that would be crazy to me. Um, I guess if they offloaded Saquon, if they wanted to adhere to him, if they feel like he really is him and he's that quarterback for them, then they would pay him. But I, I really don't see them, uh, paying him like that. At all. Want to check back in on the chat before I get out of here. Daniel Jones has one good year and thinks he's Mahomes. Yeah, for real. And again, major credit to Brian Dable. Love what Brian Dable's done 
uh, big, big credit to him. It's, it, it's really awesome to know that, you know, as a rookie coach, and maybe it wasn't in the greatest division, whatever the case may be, but he brought that out of Daniel Jones and, and you, you cannot deny that that was something huge. Absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to wrap up the seventh episode of the NFL with AJL. I appreciate everybody tuning in tonight, wherever you're at, before we get out of here, please make sure that you like the stream, like the stream, subscribe on YouTube, please. I always mix my hands up. I got to get it right. Hit the bell so you never miss a post when we are going live. Whenever we post a YouTube short, wherever we got a, whenever we got a medium form clip, as always, hit the QR code at the top of the screen if you scan it. If you, if you can't scan it, if you can't, at the NFL with AJL on all social media platforms, check the link in my bio. That's where the code takes you. Every bit of the content that we got. Never forget, we're sponsored by Buy and Sell with AJL for all of your worldwide real estate needs. Hit them up. Get on their newsletter that gives you the real facts about the market. Don't let the media scare you out of anything. I appreciate everyone tuning in tonight. We kept the show tight at about an hour. More topics coming up as we get in to this NFL offseason. Episode 8 will be coming up on Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern time. You already know the platforms we are live on. Again, appreciate it, everybody. NFL with AJL, Episode 7, signing out. <laughs>